Praise God. Ian and I are here again to share God's holy word with you. It's an honor, a privilege, and a delight for Calvary Apostolic Ministries to share God's holy word with you. We appeal to you to support us in prayer, and we also appeal to you to support us financially. The work is demanding, but thank God His grace is more than enough. Before I minister God's word, uh, we want to thank Pastor Peter Ward for ministering. Thank God for him being our guest speaker. And in the days that lie ahead, we are trusting God that we will have many more guest speakers to minister on our website. Now, after I had ministered uh, the previous uh, uh, teaching on uh, man's rejected, God's accepted, uh, the Lord had spoken to Ian. And it's, it's wonderful the way how that God speaks to, 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 to his people and how that body ministry operates. God gave him a scripture. He never heard thunder and lightning, but God gave him a scripture. And it, it fits so, so, so wonderfully in with what I administered concerning rejection and, accept, and, accept, and acceptance. You know, I mentioned Jephthah was rejected and then um, he was accepted. And this is the scripture that the Lord gave Ian, and no doubt it relates to Christ. But some of the other, it dovetails with what I administered. Come in and just read that scripture. Amen. This scripture is found in Matthew 21, verse 42. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvellous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and anyone who, whom, on whom it falls will be crushed. Amen. Now we know that this speaks of Jesus, but some of the other, there's, with what I administered, there's a link. You know, Jesus was rejected, he came to his own, his own received him not. And, and he's become the chief cornerstone. And when you look at what we administered concerning Jephthah, he also was rejected by his own. But at the end of the day, they had to come back to him. I'm going to minister on the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verse 8 to 16. And I trust that God will speak to us. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. And Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. Amen. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat there on, and Abraham and Earth stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady unto the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it 
Jehovah Nissi. For he said, Because the Lord have sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. May God add his blessing to the reading of, of the word. Let's bow in prayer. Father, your word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And we know right now, in the body of Christ, there are many men of God because of the burdens of the church, of its peoples, they are weighed down. They've lost their strength and their vitality. But Father, as I minister this word, God, re-energize them with might in the inner man. Show them, O oh God, and show the body of Christ how that men of God who have lost their spiritual strength can regain their strength, all because they heed the word of God. We bless you for this portion of scripture, and we thank you that the Spirit of God will be the after speaker in Jesus' wonderful name. The life of a minister, it is not an easy life. We know as we consider the men of God, we note that they carry the burdens and the pains of those that they minister unto. And no doubt, these burdens weigh them down. Yes, there are men of prayer. They intercede on behalf. They pray for those that God had called them to minister unto. But no doubt, there comes that time in the life of many ministers that the burdens are too great. And if they don't get the support that they need within the church, sad to say, they can lose their ministries. As much as the man of God, the minister, will minister to the church, the church has to realize it has also to minister to the man of God. The church, because of failing to assist in failing to help the men of God, have lost many wonderful, powerful men of God. Many men go back to secular work simply because the load is too much. And when we study God's word, you know God speaks to us in a definite way. It says if one member of the body suffer, we all suffer. We are each other's burden bearers. We ought to care one for the other. And just as your minister, your pastor cares for you, in like manner must you care for your pastor. Amen. Men of God often live very, very lonely lives. No doubt there are those who are spoiled. There are those that live a very luxurious life. But there are those that we know of that struggle in the ministry. And all that they need is a supporting hand. And this is what I'm going to minister to you this day. Amen. Lending a hand. When we read this portion of scripture, Amalek is a type of evil powers. It's a type of demonic hordes that come up against the minister of God. Their whole purpose is to frustrate the man of God. Though he is used of God, and sometimes like Moses, with great signs and wonders, 
the burden of caring for the people becomes so, so powerful that he has no more energy whatsoever to continue. The strength of any man of God is not just the knowledge of the word. The strength of any minister, any ascended gift, is his prayer life. And this is the area that the devil attacks the most. And you must bear in mind this church of God. Half the time when the minister shuts himself off from the world, off from his family, off from his church to be shut in with God, he's not going there for his own needs to be met. Nine times out of ten, he's going there to God on your behalf. He carries your burden. Like Jesus, he's touched with the feelings of your infirmity. He's your. We know that, that Christ is a mediator, but somehow or the other, the man of God, the minister, the fivefold minister, represents the flock of God, the church of God, and that to God. So we need to begin to appreciate the man of God. We need to come alongside of him and support him. Amalek fought with Israel. You know, someone said that the church of God is never meant to be a monument. The church of God has always meant to be a movement. Amen. Simply meaning that the church has always to be progressing, always advancing. And that is true. God has called us to possess the land. God has called us in and as a church, we are called to extend the kingdom of God. And what happens with many men of God, they make the grave mistake of just advancing. But someone said this, a true minister, a true pastor will always go the pace of the slowest member in the church. Amen. If we take the analogy, the shepherd will always take the pace of the slower sheep in the flock. Amen. And we find in our modern day, men of God are forging ahead. And thank God they're forging ahead. But you know what? They are forging ahead at the expense of the stragglers, those who are lagging behind, those who don't fully comprehend, those that haven't got the understanding of what God is doing, those who are struggling with habits, those who are struggling with sin. You know, we, we, we move as ministers so rapidly. We make progress. But sad to say, half the time, we're leaving stragglers behind. And when they are left behind, they are swallowed up by evil powers. And they are destroyed by evil powers. Sometimes, man of God, though you are going forward, stand still. Stand still for a moment and survey the entire congregation. Yes, God has called you with a great vision. But remember this, your vision is always associated with your people. It's never outside of people. The ministry, you've got to understand the ministry. It's, it's God-related and people-related. Amen. So we've got to consider our people. And as much as God has called us, to advance forward. We cannot advance forward without all our people that God has entrusted into our care. I believe as a servant of God, 
as a man of God that has taught other ministers, and who, by the way, still today, I am still taught by other ministers as well. I'm not a Mr. Nobody. I mean, I'm not a Mr. Know-all, but I know him that knows it all. I too need to come under the sound of great men of God and their teaching. But a true man of God will always go the pace of his slowest church member. He will view the situation, he'll have his vision, but he would realize that his vision is controlled by God and also controlled by the pace of his people. What happens to stranglers in the church as we advance? I believe they are swallowed up by evil powers, and they lost, destroyed, and they backslide. Here was Moses, a mighty, mighty man of God. Let me just share this thought quickly about Moses. Moses had three periods in his life. Each period was of a 40-year cycle. 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, and 40 years in the service of God. And it was for a purpose. God took him out of Egypt, placed him in the wilderness for this simple reasons. To take Egypt out of Moses. Amen? And more than that, not only to take Egypt out of Moses, but to, to take Moses out of Moses and put God in Moses. Now, when God is in you and I, and we are ministers, you've got to remember this one fact. We treat all of God's people the same way. We no respect of persons because God is no respecter of persons. And you find in our modern day, many ministers just want to work with those who have uh, an understanding of everything, who are strong in the body of Christ, who are going forward. They don't want to work amongst the weak and the feeble. They want to get on with their vision. And we can understand it. But you see, when God is in you and God possesses you, you will not move forward unless all are with you. And let's take the picture of the Good Shepherd. Let's take the picture of the Good Shepherd. You know, when that one sheep is lost, he'll leave the 99 and he'll go looking for the lost sheep. Now, that is the, the character that God is demanding of modern-day ministers. And let me say this, my brother and my sister. Let me say this to you, church congregation. If that is the attitude of your minister, if that is the attitude of your pastor, and he thinks more of you what he thinks of himself and his family, and his whole life is a sacrifice, and he's been emptied of himself, and he's filled with the presence of God, and it's his delight to work among you, and he's no respecter of persons, he treats every one of you the same, then you need to honor that man of God. You need to esteem him. You need to respect him. You need to elevate him. Now, let's go on. There were stragglers as such, as God's people were moving forward. And the stragglers were destroyed by the Amalekites. Moses took stock of the situation. He stood still, surveyed the situation, and he began to put his plan into action. He said to Joshua, Joshua, choose out men. 
and form your army and go amongst the Amalekites and you destroy them. We've got to stop our people from being lost. And he said, as you fight Joshua, I will go up to yonder mountain and I will take the rod of God with me and I will intercede on behalf of our people. Moses was a loving and a caring man. You know, there's one part of the life of Moses that I love. God got tired of the complaining, the murmuring of the Jewish nation. And God said to Moses, Moses, stand aside. I had a belly full of this people. I'm paraphrasing. I've had a belly full of this people. I will wipe them out and I'll start a new nation with you. What was God saying? No more was there to be a nation of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. No. Moses was now offered to become the patriarch of a new nation. But what did Moses do? What did Moses do? Moses went to God and said, God, please don't do this. Think of your good name. What is the world going to say about you? Yes. You know, Moses had a, 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 a prophetical mantle upon him. But you know, Moses had a priestly heart. Yes, as a prophet, he was thinking of what others would say about God. He was protecting his master. He was protecting his God's honor and glory. But that was not all. Moses was also protecting the people from the judgment of God. His priestly heart went out for the people. And this is what God wants of ministers. Amen. Be God's spokesman. Amen. Be the prophet of God, but also be the priest of the people that represents the people. Amen. Before God. And when God wants to judge, then you stand between God and the people and you cry, no, no, no. What a mighty man of God. Joshua chose his people and he went amongst the Amalekites. And then Moses went up to the mount with the rod of God. Now, when we study the life of Moses, we notice that great signs and wonders were done by, by Moses. And we, 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 we notice that when God had called Moses, <laughs> you know, all that he had was the shepherd's rod. Amen? This, this was no ordinary rod that Moses had. It was a shepherd's rod. And a, and a shepherd's rod is unique. Someone says it has, a, it has a, a, a hook at the end, you know, and that's to pull in uh, the sheep that strays, to pull them back in line so they can follow the flock, so to say. But, you know, although it was a natural rod, when God turned to cast it down, supernatural powers came upon that rod. It was that rod that performed signs and wonders in Egypt. It was that rod that Moses stood on the hill uh, before the Red Sea and held it up and prayed and interceded the whole night. And the, the Red Sea was parted. And if you know your Bible, you know what God said to Moses? Why do you stand here? He said, Moses, you part the Red Sea. And Moses done it through intercession and prayer and raising the rod. And what I'm saying to you today, Moses only had a rod in his hand. You know what God has placed in the hand of your pastor? God has placed in the hand of your pastor 
the word of God, which is quick and powerful, sharper than any edged two sword. God will divide your seeds for you. God will, will bring down bread and manna from heaven for you. God will make a way because it's your pastor that knows your burdens, that knows your pain, that knows your afflictions, that shuts himself off from the world, that comes into the presence of God, representing you, speaking on your behalf, that God might deliver you. Praise God. Moses went up to the mountain, raised his hands, and the battle was raging below. Joshua and his chosen men. By the way, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called and few are chosen. And the battle went for Joshua as long as the hands of Moses were raised high. This is a sign of intercession. You know, prayer has many forms, many forms, many forms. And we thank God for praise. We thank God for worship. We thank God for supplications, etc., etc. But intercession is when you stand on behalf of others. You intercede on their behalf. You shut yourself off, and I'm saying it over again. You shut yourself off that you might be shut in with God. Moses raised his hands. Amen. A sign of dependence upon God. Yes, yes, the battle was raging below. But let me say this. The battle was not won because of Joshua and his army. The battle was won because Moses was there on the mountain interceding on behalf of God's people. Hear this. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes adverse circumstances. Because of your pastor's prayers, you heal. Because of your pastor's prayers, you're no more unemployed, you are employed. Because of your pastor, you're no more separated from your wife. He's raised his hands, he's interceding on your behalf, and you've been estranged from your wife, you are brought together again as husband and wife. Your wayward children that are now uh, messing with drugs and alcohol, when your pastor hears of it, he shuts himself off and he shuts himself in and he intercedes on behalf of your children. You always wonder at the scripture, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your household. It's just not only upon you because you serve God, but because there's a man of God that cares for you, that carries your burdens, that intercedes when things are going wrong in your life, when things are going totally, totally, completely wrong and frustration is the order of the day. There's no food in their house. You're behind with the rent. You're behind with all your plans. Do you know that God gives you a miracle not just because of you, but because of the prayers of your pastor. He's there interceding on your behalf. He's a man that has taken your pain and your sorrow and it's upon his shoulders. Now notice, notice carefully what had happened to Moses, this wonderful man of God. It became so much, he couldn't bear it. The burden was too much. And sometimes you see your, your pastor, there's sorrow upon his face. His shoulders is drooped. It seems that he has lost his joy. You know why, you know why? Because your pain and your burden is too much for one man to carry. <laughs> he needs a lender, 
a, a, a lending hand. He needs support to come alongside of him. We expect so much from the men of God, but we give them so little. I want to say that again, Ian. We expect so much from the men of God, and we give them so little. His hands droop to the side. And I dare say when his hands drooped to the side, his head fell. He was broken. No more strength, no more power. He was now but a man. He was no more a man that was empowered by the Spirit of God. The burden was too much. He was about to throw in the towel. But thank God, amongst that multitude of people, there were just two men that came up to the mountain. Just two men. And you know, my brother and my sister, all we need in some churches is a three-folded cord that cannot be broken. When three mighty men of God get together and join hands, and they join hands on your behalf, and they seek the face of the Lord, I'm here to tell you that your problems are going to diminish. You're going to come out of your sickness. Your disease is going to vanish. Your unemployment should be no more. You shall be employed. Your wayward children shall be saved. Your drunken wayward husband is coming home. Home! Because of there being three men. A threefold cord that cannot be broken. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> we expect so much from the men of God. But we give so little in return. Here's the threefold cord I'm talking about. Moses the prophet. Amen. Aaron the high priest. Her the type of the Spirit of God. Aaron was the high priest. A type of Jesus. Her, a man of God, full of the power of God, a type of the Spirit, and the prophet of God. You know, they were wise men of God. They walked a long time with this man of God. They knew his strengths. They knew his weaknesses. They knew he was a mighty man of God, but they also knew the frailty of his humanity. They knew his strength and they knew his weaknesses. They were even acquainted with his past. They knew that at one time he was a murderer, but they never ever held it against him. They knew because God had done the work, God had revolutionized his life. They knew he was a man of slow speech, they knew that he stammered and stuttered, but they knew when the glory of God came upon him and he spoke, there was no more stammering and stuttering. They knew that he was a powerhouse for God's glory. 
And they did not want to see this man give in because the burden of the people was so great. Notice what they've done. They've done something unique, something that I call splendid, something that I must admit I haven't experienced much in my own life and my own ministry. My ministry has always been a ministry of faith. And sad to say, I've had a crutch in my ministry. My ministry was my wife. I was full-time for 25 years. And my wife went to work to put food on my table. She was my crutch. And I thank God for her. I honor her. I love her. You know what? Sometimes we men of God, we are shortchanged. We are shortchanged. <laughs> we don't get what others get. We lack so much. But there's one thing that we have that money and the rest can never buy. And that is the presence of God. Even when we lose the presence of God because of trials and tribulations, God will not leave us in that state. He'll send certain people to come alongside of us and to strengthen us. You know, Jesus says, the word says, I will neither leave you nor forsake you. That is so true. And sometimes God will send people to come alongside of you. They've done something very unique. Yes, they raised the, in, the, the hands of intercession of Moses up again. But you know what? Read your Bible carefully. You know what they'd done before that? They went for a little walk, a little hike. A little walk, a little hike. Moses was standing all the time. Hands raised. It became too much. His hands drooped to his side. His head dropped. His shoulders dropped. They went for a walk. And they found a boulder. They found a seat, a chair. And they put it behind the mighty man of God. And they said, Moses, Father, Baba, sit down. I wonder why so many men of God give up. They leave the full-time ministry. They go back into secular work. There are some men who battle and struggle. You know what they do? And they ask this one and that one and this one for help. And praise God, help comes forth. Amen. And because of getting help, they stay in the ministry. But there are those that I know of that never get help. They can make appeal after appeal and it never comes. And all they have to do is trust God. Amen, Ian? They Amen. trust God. Amen. The way men, Ian, trust God. Amen. They've done something wonderful. They took that boulder, put it behind him, and they made him sit down. They made him comfortable. Amen. They placed him in a position of comfort. How are you looking after your pastor? How are you caring for that man of God? Leadership, how are you caring for that apostle? Church of God, how are you caring for that man that gives you direction through his prophetical anointing? How do you care for that evangelist that leaves his family, 
and goes out there and ministers all over winning souls that your church might grow. How are you treating them? What about the teacher? You get so much from him, but there's no way you bless him. There's no way that you honor him. All that we do is receive, 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 and we never, ever, ever give. That's so sad. And I know yet there are those pastors that bleed the church. But there are those men of God that don't bleed the church. All they do is give. You know what they give? They give their life. They give their life. I want to challenge you this moment for you to honor the men of God, to make them comfortable, to look after them. Don't let your minister lack. Don't let your minister lack. If your minister is lacking, do you know it's a bad testimony for your church? Honor the man. And not just the pastor, but the fivefold ministries as well. In fact, do you know that pastors are more cared for than the other ascendatives? Because they've got a flock. But the other ascendatives are roving ministers. They haven't got a flock. Nevertheless, let me go on. They're made uncomfortable. And then they place their hands in the hands of Moses, and they raise his hands. You know, I said it, and I always say it. A closed hand has power, has power to knock people down. And there's too much of God's servants being knocked down these days. I think I just knocked the camera. Amen. Ian had just made a, a small mistake. He's knocked the camera. He never knocked me. He knocked the camera. And I'm back focused, Ian. Don't worry about it. We'll carry on. Amen. I think that was a good illustration, though. It was a good And we'll carry on. Amen. We're not going to wipe it off, Ian. Amen. You know, the hand is so powerful that when it's closed, it can knock a person down. But you know, when the hand is opened, it has the power to pick people up. And not just to pick people up, but to bring them to your level and beyond. Aaron put his hand in the hand of Moses and raised it up. Her put his hand in the hand of Moses and raised it up. I've had experiences, and I dare say many ministers have had similar experiences involving the ministry and the church turns against you, the people turns against you, ministers turn against you. You know what? There's no one that comes alongside of you. But God has taught me something. God has taught me something. 
when there's no body ministry coming to me, when there's no brothers or sisters coming alongside of me, I will weep, I will cry. But you know what? Jesus, the Son of the living God, who said, I will neither leave you nor forsake you, has come alongside of me. When no man has come alongside of me on the other side, no her has come. The Spirit of God comes alongside of me. What hand are you extending to the minister this morning? Watch my hand. Watch my hand. G-R-A-C-E. Grace. Grace. Unmerited favor. Give the servant of God grace. Minister to him. Put your hand in his hand. And what does the Bible say? That the grace of God is more than enough. And let me say this, my brother and my sister. Don't think for one moment that it's just God that showers grace out from heaven. God showers out his grace through you as an individual. God pours his grace into you that you might minister to the man of God. Raise the hand of the servant of God. Raise the hand of your pastor. Raise it high this morning. Amen. On the other hand, the hand of her. Amen. P-O-W-E-R. I said to you that her was a type of the spirit. You shall receive power after that the Spirit of God has come upon you. Put your hand, the anointed hand that God has anointed you with, and lift the hand of your minister high. Amen. What is your hand doing today? Perhaps this is what your hand is doing. Perhaps this is what your hand is doing. Look at me here. Perhaps this is what your hand is doing. Instead of lending a hand to your pastor, you are pointing to your pastor. You're accusing him of this, that, and the other. You're comparing him with other men of God. You say that he's short, he falls short of their anointing. You make your man of God of no reputation by comparing him, you're shooting him down. You're going amongst the assembly and you're speaking of the shortfall of your man of God. You're destroying the servant of God. But wait, my brother. Wait, my sister. Wait. Let me finish my illustration. This is your hand. You're pointing to the servant of God. It, 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 it comes like a gun. You're shooting the man of God down. Your thumb, you're pointing to the man of God, the bullet, and your thumb goes up to heaven. And God says, hey, look at your other three fingers. They're all pointing back to you. 
you might just be three times worse than your pastor. So shut up! Shut up! And stop condemning the man of God. That's like the illustration I gave. I gave it years ago, my boy. Oh, oh yeah, actually, no, you did it on my video. Yes, that's, that's right. It. That's it. Praise God. I've spoken from my heart this morning. We, as men of God, we cannot move forward without the support of the body of Christ. But even as we move forward, even as you come alongside of us, we will always go the pace of the slower sheep. You know, Jesus said, Father, here they are, here they are. I've lost none except the one from the devil. I don't want to lose not one man, one woman that God has entrusted into my ministry. His hands were raised. He was comfortable. He had two brothers alongside of him. They formed a threefold cord that couldn't be broken. I've said enough. I've said enough. I've spoken. Not only from the throne of God. I've spoken from the heart of God. I'm a minister. I know the ministry. I know the pain. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, lift up my hands. Let Jesus come alongside of me. Let the Holy Spirit come alongside of me. Make me comfortable, God, in the ministry. Raise me up once again, God, that the battle will go for the people not against the people. I bring Ian before you, Father. This man that comes alongside of me week after week, that blesses me, who loves me and loves Mrs. D, and we in turn love him. Come alongside of him as well, Father. In the name of Jesus, put your powerful hand in his hand. Raise it up, Jesus. Holy Spirit, take your powerful hand, place it in his weak hand, and raise it up. Make him comfortable in the ministry. I pray it in Jesus' name. Pastors, stand fast. No matter what, listen to me, pastors. Listen, listen to me. Maybe there's no one alongside of you. But remember in the Old Testament, when God, through his servant, performed a miracle, the servant was so afraid because he saw the mighty Syrian army. And the man of God said, God, 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 <laughs> open his eyes, open his eyes. And when 
The eyes of the servant were open. The man of God and the servant of God saw the multitude of angels, ministering spirits, hovering around their enemy and even around them with chariots of fire. I got news for you, Pastor. You might be alone, but there are more for you than those against you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.